Hey, it's Kylie, and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. This week, being all about connection and being in relationship with people, I'm talking to somebody who has a very unique take on the most important relationships in our lives. Today, I'm talking to Raina Cohen, a journalist and the producer and editor for NPR's Enterprise Storytelling Unit. In 2020, she wrote an article that grabbed attention in The Atlantic, titled, What If Friendship, Not Marriage, Was at the Center of Life? That laid the groundwork for her forthcoming book, More Than Friends, in which she explores platonic partnerships that challenge the reign of romantic relationships and the ideas of intimacy we've inherited in the 21st century. Raina spends her time thinking about relationships, so I can't imagine a better person to illuminate the attribute of Yisod for me more than her. Here's my conversation with Raina. Hi, Raina. Hi. Great to talk to you. So... On the topic of connection, you are somebody who's really fascinating. You have a very fascinating approach to connection, and I love your approach so much, and I think what you're doing is very countercultural. So just to give some background for people listening, you wrote an article in The Atlantic in 2020 on friendships that were more than friendships, but less than marriage, but like this kind of middle ground, I guess affectionate friendships. Part of the article is grappling with the lack of terminology for these kinds of relationships, but you really explore relationships and intimacy and connection and I think what you what you bring out is the importance of it. So can you talk to me about how you got into studying friendships, connection in general, and what it means to you? So the specific subject of what I'm now calling platonic partnerships, just to kind of put some kind of cogent label on it, um, that came out of a friendship that I have and uh, that seemed to defy categories both to me and, and to the person who I now consider my best friend. And I wanted to kind of understand what these friendships looked like. I knew that there is historical precedent for friendship being much more intimate, affectionate, kind of like life-shaping than a lot of people expect it to be now. And I also knew in high school, I saw an example of this kind of friendship. In college, I saw another example. So I kind of knew they existed and I wanted to find more more people who, who had these sorts of uh, relationships. But I think more broadly, like I, you know, before this project, people who knew me well, like define me in part by my desire to, I would say like friend blend or be a friend pusher, like make my friends friends with each other. Or I had just thinking about one friend I made in grad school where I told her I had a friend crush on her. I'm like a pretty forward person in in these sorts of things. And if I want to get to know somebody, I try to do that. So I think in my personal life, I probably think more than the average person does about platonic relationships. And the sort of other part of this is that I have a background in the social sciences, first on the like ac- academic sort of research side, um, and then as a journalist covering the social sciences. So I'm, I'm really interested in all sorts of questions about human beings and how we relate to one another. And I think just sort of fundamentally so much of where we get our meaning from and you know, just fundamental satisfaction comes from the close relationships in our lives. And that friendship is one area where it's really overlooked how much we can can get from from those sorts of relationships. Yeah, it's something that I've been thinking a lot about lately, because I have been working with intimacy and connection and really deepening my connections with the people who are already in my life talking to the people who I wave to in my neighborhood but have never actually gotten their name or really taking that extra step and also meeting new people 
and then asking them out for coffee. And I found what what you covered in this article and in your forthcoming book was very close relationships, people who were like akin to siblings, marriage part, like life partners. But I think in like some middle space gray area, we don't really have the tools to deepen friendships. Like I'm finding it confusing because it's kind of like dating. It's like reaching out to these new friends and going out for dinner and being nervous about whether they like me or not feels almost the same as dating, but it's something really different. And and it's confusing and it's really pointing out to me that we don't have I don't know, there's something missing. I don't know if it's in our language, in our culture. Have you like I I feel like you've thought about this. Yeah, I think one of the questions for me is how do you get from being a kind of casual friend in someone's life, like someone you really like being around to somebody who you are really close to? And part of that is just like clocking a lot of hours with each other. And if you think about like where have some of the closest friends in your life come from or where have you made close friends in a short period of time, those are often summer camp or a school setting, college, where there is you, you kind of have an excuse to be seeing people constantly. And I see, in, at least in like the very limited kind of urban professional contexts that I'm familiar with, that people have kind of a limit on how much they're, they think is acceptable to ask someone to, you know, to hang out. I got very lucky and bypassed that with my, you know, with my best friend. And part of it was that we discovered that we lived a five minute walk from each other. So it just made a lot of casual interaction easy, but that's just not the case usually. So I think what you're, it sounds like what you're pointing to is that you've met people that you like, but then how do you actually turn that person into somebody who's significant? Um, and it doesn't mean that they are, they necessarily have to be on par with your boyfriend in your life, but like not just a casual friend. I think that that's, it is a challenge. And I did want like one other example of me being like weirdly forward with friends is, is early in, in moving to DC where I now live. I told a friend of mine that I decided that I was like not going to try to make a gazillion friends. Like that was not important to me that I really wanted to kind of hone in on four or five people who I really wanted to become close to. And I told her like, I wanted one of those people to be her. And um, I think she was very touched by that. And then subsequently like left DC like or a few a few months later. But it, it totally, she was saying to me recently that it totally changed her, how she saw our friendship and that it made it much more important for her to keep in touch because she understood like how I saw the significance of our friendship. So I think the moral of the story is being okay with maybe sometimes making bold overtures. There's not a script in the way that there is for romantic relationships. And it's not like a series of dates that where there's some kind of sense of what is going to happen. So you either have to be okay with the sort of passive, I don't know, hopefully things work out or, or making proclamations or something or invitations where there's a chance of being rejected, but there's also like a chance that you get to be close in a way that wouldn't happen otherwise. Right. And what you do that's very unique is you go after deep relationships, which is something that I think a lot of millennials are averse to. Maybe it's a blanket statement, but I know I have a lot of friends, but the deep, deep relationships, those are harder to cultivate in some ways. But I'm wondering, where did this come from? Where did this impulse to have close friends and this approach to connection come from? I don't know is the answer. It was not like a value particularly that I saw in my family. Yeah, I've been trying to think through a little bit, like how did this happen? I think some of it is personality. Like I just think I'm outgoing and have kind of always been as long as I can remember. 
And then there's some things that are probably circumstantial that I, like my parents were both commuted. I grew up in New Jersey for a lot of my childhood. They both worked in New York and I lived on a cul-de-sac and like I would just be playing outside until it got dark out. And I was always the kid who was over other people's houses and sleeping over other people's houses. And I was just very used to kind of being a constant presence in other people's homes. So I don't, I don't know, like what, other than that was just like how things shook out. But really, as long as I can remember, I've like friendship has meant a lot to me. And it, that wasn't necessarily a reflection of, I think, messaging that I got or like seeing my parents have really close friends or anything of that sort. Part of it when I was older is that I didn't think it was super likely that I was going to meet somebody that I wanted to be with very like when I was very young and I was did not date very much in college I miraculously met the person I'm now married to at 22 um but that was like I really didn't expect that yeah I don't know you can get a whole bunch of things like being a feminist wasn't cool and I didn't think I would like find I was like only interested in men at the time and I thought that I would like not would be really hard to find somebody and I think it just made me more interested in investing in friendships than I maybe would have otherwise and what What's the significance of relationships for you? What virtue do you gain from connection and from being in relationship with people, forming connections with people the way you do? I was reading a book that probably a lot of your listeners have read, The Body Keeps the Score. For context, the book is about people who have experienced trauma and kind of are the the way the psychiatry has treated trauma over the decades. And he, he sort of talks about the ways that people have experienced trauma, become really disconnected and unable to form relationships. And it really, it's destabilizing not to be able to have close trusting relationships. And he has some line about how, yeah, medicine might be able to help, but we need to remember the foundations of our humanity. And I think that was a phrase, the foundations of our humanity. And then he said something along the lines of like, the like close relationships that give life meaning. And so I think that that is kind of why I care about the book that I'm writing about and why I care about f- friendship and, and kind of novel approaches to relationships in my you know personal and professional life. I think we learn about ourselves through relationships. I think they motivate us to, you know, sometimes it can be in allowing us to reflect inwardly. Sometimes it's the motivation to go and create things. To me, like close relationships give give life shape and it gives motivation. And, you know, it's the way that you you give and receive care. Yeah, I, I wish I had a poetic answer, but it's like kind of every, everything is what you get from close relationships. I was talking to Sarah Hurwitz yesterday and we were talking about struggles and and writing is something that I love to do. I'm in a PhD program right now, so it's something that I have to do a lot of and it's a, one of the deepest sources of pain and suffering for me. And I was telling her how I like I, I have this belief that I have to do it alone. I have to do this alone. It has to be perfect the first time I have to like it, it just is it's it's an independent endeavor and it's something that I cannot do with people. And she was like, Kylie, you're crazy. Like I didn't realize that was a situation. You're absolutely crazy. That's not possible. Like that's trying to do surgery on yourself. You can't do it. You have to have people doing this. And she was the first person to awaken me to this process of working with people and the necessity of having people weigh in on your work. I, like I I don't know where exactly I got this from, but this sense that you have to do things alone. I have a single mom. I'm black and I'm Jewish. Like I think there's a sense you have to work hard to get to where you want to be. And that's that's kind of my history. But the reality is you can't do anything without people. I guess the reality that I'm learning is you can't do anything without people. And and it's a farce to think that you can. 
One of my mantras is to outsource willpower. So most mornings, if I'm going to write, I check in on Zoom with a friend of mine who's a fiction writer, and we we like every couple hours sort of set goals. And I, I have a bunch of things like that in co-working sessions. And I, I mean, I've had instances where I'm able to completely set my schedule and motivate myself, but it is both harder and less pleasant than doing it with other people. And then I have another friend who really instilled with me the idea of shitty first drafts. And I think you need to find people who who you trust, believe that you are a reasonably intelligent human being that you can pass off an early draft to and they can tell you what's wrong with it or what's good about it. And then you can keep moving through the process because if you keep trying to kind of perfect something, you're you're inevitable you're just one brain and you know the material too well. So I'm I'm very pro incorporating other people into the process. Yeah. Yeah. I'm learning. Um okay this is probably a hard question, but I'm going to go for it anyway. What is one life-changing lesson you've learned from being in relationship with other people, your connections to people? I was just exchanging voice memos with my best friend about experiences where we that we have had where we have felt loved or appreciated by somebody for characteristics that are not the primary things we value about ourselves. So an example being like intellectual capabilities and how we steer conversation in interesting ways and and like encountering people who seem to admire something. It's not that they maybe don't admire that, but that's just sort of not the primary thing. And what my best friend was saying is that it, it shows us the the expansiveness of of how much we could we could love ourselves or just kind of the, that there are things that we don't even see about ourselves uh and i yeah i that's just something i recently you know learned i guess both that framing and that close relationships have the capacity to show us uh sides of ourselves that are that might be hidden or or at least really down on the ladder in in how we conceive of who we are Mm, yeah, I love that so much. This week I read Martin Buber. I don't know if you've read I Am Thou. He's a German Jewish philosopher. And his his core idea in this text is that relationships with human being determine how it is you relate to God and how it is you understand God. So if you love people, then you imagine a God who loves people. If you're isolated, you imagine a God who's isolated or that's isolated. And and I think what you're saying is is similar to that. So I I appreciate you connecting those points unwittingly. And I'm really grateful to you for illuminating the power of relationships and connection and helping me think deeper about this. And also just for the work that you do, it's it's really countercultural. I think we need more people exploring relationships and making those more complex as opposed to there's friendship, there's romance, there's like everything's in boxes and it's a lot messier than that. And you're doing something incredible by bringing that into, into the light. So thank you. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks, Reina. It was beyond refreshing to meet someone as intentional about her friendships as Reina. I can say for myself that friendship has always been a confusing category. There are a lot of people who I like in the world, but what makes someone a friend? That's for me to think about more, but what I loved about what Raina said was the way our relationships offer an opportunity for self-reflection. More on that and the rest of my reflections on you so tomorrow as I wrap up the sixth week of the Omer. 
Until then, I'm Kylie Unell, and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Nine Days to Stretch My Soul is a production of Tablet Studios. The show is hosted by me, Kylie Unell, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruske, Josh Cross, Quinn Waller, Robert Scaramuccia, and Sarah Fredman Ader. Our team includes Stephanie Butnick, Leah Leibovitz, Mark Oppenheimer, and Tanya Singer. Please go rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps other people discover the show. For more of me, you can follow at Kylie Unell on Instagram. For more information about this or any other of Tablet's podcasts, visit tabletmag.com slash podcasts.